0: Hello, you are listening to the Treadweary podcast, the audio arm of treadweary.com, where we gather around the word of God to hear what it is that God has done for us so that we might receive from him the gifts of his grace and mercy. Join Pastor Smee as we take a look at the texts coming up for us with this following Sunday to hear what it is that God has to tell us and to open our hearts and our minds as we prepare to worship together. Greetings, church. Happy Lent. I wonder how you're keeping it. Are you keeping a good Lent? Hmm? What have you given up for Jesus? I wonder. Or maybe what have you taken on? Chocolate have you given up? Beer? Alcohol? Coffee? Ooh, God help you. Uh, maybe you've taken on something, daily Bible reading. Something along those lines. I don't know. But it is Lent. And today we'll be looking at our psalm again that's coming up for the Sunday, Psalm 25. And then we'll be taking a look at our First Peter text, this this word from First Peter. I was confused yesterday. I said, Paul, I was thinking of the, the epistle reading last night, which was from 2 Corinthians. But today we'll be looking at 1 Peter chapter 3. But with that, let us calm our hearts and our minds before we begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love. For they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness. As we make this journey through Lent, may we remember that, that we are captured in God's faithfulness. His faithfulness, that that we will make this journey with Jesus to Jerusalem, to the cross. But there's also that empty tomb, that there in the cross and in the tomb are faithfulness and love. Well, our reading comes from 1 Peter 3, verses 18 through 22. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which this prefigured now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as, a, as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. It's the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all. That's a text that we should have like tattooed behind our eyelids, because the reality is within our souls, within our hearts, uh, we, we are a people that we try to deny this text. We'll do all sorts of good things, we'll do all sorts of religious things, we'll, all, we'll do all sorts of things that, that we think basically can replace Jesus or add to him. And so we do Jesus plus something equals salvation and life. And unless that that something is zero, we're kind of in trouble here because it says that, that Christ also suffered for sins once for all. So for instance, stop beating yourself up over what you did in the third grade. Or stop beating yourself up for what you said to somebody last week. But also, also, hold on to the forgiveness that you can offer. your neighbor, out of love for them, because God has given you that power to be able to forgive. It says, the righteous for the unrighteous. Hmm. I wonder, do we think of ourselves as unrighteous or righteous usually? I don't know. I'm thinking we're supposed to be thinking one direction, but I think we usually think a different direction. I wonder how that is for you in order to bring you to God. Quite literally, the, the cross being a, a place, a magnet that, that brings you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. He died, but is now alive. This one who's been raised. Makes me remember, I think it's in Luke, the Easter text that's in Luke, where the angels are said, why are you looking for Jesus among the dead? He is risen, he's not here. And we tend to find other other things, things that will die, that will perish, that can be our saviors. A politician, perhaps. I hope you're not pinning your hopes on having voted for the right person, because they will betray you in some way at some point. It says in which also he went to make a proclamation proclamation to the spirits in prison who in former times did not obey when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during. Building of the ark in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water. This is a weird text. But there is some place where all the people who, who died in the flood that did not receive mercy were being held in a prison waiting for Jesus to come and preach to them the gospel of for the forgiveness of sins in his name. Kind of weird, right? Um It's it's one of those weird things, but I'm not gonna build a whole doctrine on it. I don't understand it. You understand it? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there's whole books that have been written on it. All I know is that Jesus was a preacher, and even in death he couldn't shut up. He had to keep speaking about the forgiveness of sins. And then now we're supposed to look at the ark in the story of Noah and see in there our baptism. That ark that encapsulates us in Jesus, that saves us through the floods of our sin, and, and and this baptism, being being this this thing that actually saves us, that it's not just a, a nice little a, a pretty little service that we have with a baby all dressed in white and 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 all that stuff. No, it actually is this thing uh, that that does something. We're our small catechism, small catechism. Baptism is not simply plain water. Instead, it is water used according to God's command and connected with God's word. That it's not just that it's not simply plain water. It brings about forgiveness of sins, redeems from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe it, as the word and promise of God declare, where God we get baptized into his name, where it tells us that that all those who believe and are baptized will be saved. And it asks, how can water do such a thing? Clearly the water does not do it, but the word of God, which is within and among the water, and faith which trusts this word of God in the water. For without the word of God the water is plain water and not a baptism, but with the word of God is a baptism that is a grace-filled water of life and a bath of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. As Paul says to Titus and. Titus 3, 5 through 8, He saved us not because of any works of righteousness righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy through the water of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Having something physical like water. Be something that God uses to to communicate a promise to us. Just like we have the rainbow back in, in, in Genesis 9, right, with Noah physical thing that we can see to remind us of the contract. We have the water as this reminder of this contract that God has made with us in the covenant of our baptism to say that you are mine. You do not belong to the devil anymore, you don't belong to your sins, you don't belong to the world, you don't even belong to your mom and dad, you belong to me. Everyone else is just leasing you like a car. You're the Lexus of their life, Uh, but, but you are actually owned by someone else, by God. What then is the significance of such a baptism with water? It signifies that the old person in us with all sins and evil desires is to be drowned through daily sorrow for sin and repentance and that daily a new person is to come forth and rise up to live before God in righteousness and purity forever this calling upon us in our baptism to say that it does more than just make us pretty, does more than just make a kid in a dress cry because he's a few days old or a few weeks old and we got his head wet with cold water. No, it's it's this promise of God given to us of salvation. God actively working. It's why I love infant baptism, because it's not my choice, it's God's work upon us. God taking us at a time where we can't choose him and he chooses us says, no, I'll take that one. That crying little baby that's probably going to poop its pants while mommy and daddy are waiting for him to be baptized. I'm going to take that one. He's going to be mine. Baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, not as just some bath, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to new life has gone into heaven, and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him, meaning that your sin, your death, anything that might assail you, is all under the power of Christ now, been defeated, and you are his. And I pray that that may be so as we walk through Lent and are reminded of our sin, and reminded of the cross, that we know that something amazing happened on that day, and something even more amazing happened at Easter, with that tomb being empty. Let us pray. Holy God, Heavenly Father, in the waters of the flood, you saved the chosen in the wilderness of temptation and you protected your son from sin. Renew us in the gift of baptism. May your holy angels be with us, that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. My church go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll have Mark Chapter 1 tomorrow. See ya.